If you're in the market for a super addictive puzzle game, you have to check out Mini Motorways on Apple Arcade. It's a city planning strategy puzzler with an incredibly satisfying gameplay loop. Enjoy unlimited access to over 200 incredibly fun games with no ads and no in-app purchases. From puzzle and adventure games to sports, racing and multiplayer action games, everyone can count on finding something to love. Head to sifter.com.au slash arcade to start your free trial of Apple Arcade today. That's sifter.com.au slash arcade for a free one-month trial of Apple Arcade, and you'll be supporting independent video games journalism. New subscribers only, $9.99 a month after free trial. Plan automatically renews after trial until cancelled. Hello and welcome to episode 38 of Pixel Sift. My name is Gianni and as usual, I'm joined by my co-hosts, Mitch and Scott. Hey, hey. Hey. <laughs> it's always the same. Hey, hey. Just jump into it. <laughs> On the line today, joining us over the uh, over the Skype, over Skype, we've got John Kane. He's developer of Killing Time at Lightspeed, a narrative adventure that came out yesterday. John, thanks for joining us today. Hey, thanks for having me. Very welcome to have you, and we'll have a good chat about your game and uh, some of the other topics that we've been discussing today. Yeah, so we're also talking the way we play games is also changing, and the way we play the, and and where we play those games is very different to what maybe you we may be used to. Today, talking uh, <clears throat> talking that. spaces of play <laughs> and what it means when discussing playing games and designing them and as designing well. them. Yeah, Scott. Yes, uh, we told you we'd be following up on this story as it progressed, and it, and it looks like the Counter-Strike Go gambling controversy has reared its ugly head again this week with some prominent YouTubers doing some ethical, ethically shady stuff. That's right. Yeah. That's what we've got on the lineup today. Let's jump into our first topic. Pixel Sift. <laughs> Pixel Sift. No, seriously, Pixel Sift. No, seriously. Pixel Sift. So, as I just said, we have been covering the CSGO gambling issue for a while now, and uh, more and more just keeps popping up about it. The most recent revelation has come via betting site CSGO Lotto and its owners Trevor Martin and Tom Castle, who, surprise, surprise, are also CSGO streamers. Now, this is fine on its own, but these guys have been making questionably and sketchy claims, all without divulging their huge clash of invested interest in the money-making sites themselves. Um, which obviously brings up huge conflicts of interest uh, cases. Yeah, they've got uh, videos out there, well, they did have at least, where they said you can make tens of thousands of dollars uh, in 15 minutes by just going to this website and the website being one that they own. Yeah. Um, these are not sort of small-time small streamers as well. These are people who've got you know upwards of, of millions of millions subscribers, of subscribers, very big people within the, the sort of Counter-Strike Go network. This... Yeah, the, the betting and the, the gambling aspects of Counter-Strike Go seems to be something that we tend to be talking about a little bit about. Uh, this issue keeps popping its head up. and it's Because it's still growing as an issue uh, and something will come of it because obviously, you know, young kids gambling is a bit of a problem uh, as long, along with all the other issues that have come out like this. It, it does seem like with this competition in its infancy, people just want... People like to gamble at the, at the end of the day and they are finding ways to do that 
in the best way they can, and yeah, people are taking advantage. These kids are like, you know, uh, as young as 13. They don't really know if they like gambling yet, they, but they are getting led down that path, uh, unfortunately, at a terribly young age. Interesting thing about this in particular, mm. these guys are based in the United States, um, and there's sort of the FTC, which controls broadcast regu- uh, regulations and, and advertising standards and all of these things. You know, there's regulations in place which basically say you have to disclose whether or not you are... Uh, you know, an owner of uh, any particular advertisement and, and things like that, especially when it comes to things like gambling as well. And it's, you know, it's well known, and these guys know as well, that their audience is a younger fan base. It's people who are primarily going to be below the legal gambling age, um, and mm-hmm. they're targeting uh, these kids for this advertising uh, to, you know, I guess, take advantage so, of them. So, yeah, um, like Ryan Morrison, a, the video game attorney, he was quite adamant on his, on the, when he made an appearance on the ESPN podcast recently, he was like, at the end of the day, even if they do not have a conflict of interest, it is still exposing underage people to gambling. And that, at the end of the day, is yeah. where the baseline of it is, despite, like, let, let's for a second remove the fact that they own the site and that's already a bit, like, not cool. Very. Yeah. The disclosure there is not the uh, you know is you know one of the issues. One as well. of the issues, yeah, That's but it. extremely misleading. The I whole mean, thing, like, and just, like you said before, it's not just a lack of disclosure though. Uh, they they've made a concerted effort to deceive their viewers into believing their wins and time spent, uh, you know, on CS:GO Lotto was legitimate, which it was not and never has been. Well, he does say that like that while there is a lot of evidence that and there's a lot of evidence out there that says they could do it, they haven't really proved it for sure but it's really not looking good for them. John, where do you think, where does this sit in, in your uh, uh, sort of, you know, thinking? What? Well, morally, it's it's like they lied about like A, owning the site, B, you know, it's gambling. You don't just make money off it. Like there's very strict like rules in place, especially around the advertising of gambling. Like everything about what they've done is borderline illegal and whether or not you know it comes down with them actually being fined or shut down like they've known from the very beginning that this is dodgy Hmm. they did actually come out uh trevor martin did actually come out and do a bit of an apology um and we've got a bit of audio to clip to, to play of that one now where he basically says look i'm really sorry about what happened but you know well let's let's have a listen to it shall we go on now my connection to CSGO Lotto has been a matter of public record since the company was first organized in December of 2015. However, I do feel like I owe you guys an apology. I am sorry to each and every one of you who felt like that was not made clear enough to you. And uh, I truly, honestly hope that you guys give me an opportunity to earn your trust back. Please also know that I am committed to making sure that my YouTube channel as well as all of my other businesses are in compliance with the law. This is why I do not condone minors under the age of 18 to use CSGO Lotto. That is a man backed into a corner (laughs) if I've ever heard one. Interesting. If if you actually saw his video before that where he's like, I haven't done anything wrong, blah, 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 blah. Like, he denied it. He basically denied it until the point where he had to be like, okay, well, yeah, maybe. And this one here as well, he's actually pulled off his channel now. It's not available on there, so it's been deleted and re-uploaded by some of the the journalists around the world. Look, this wasn't even the first time they've been in trouble. Like, last year, Castle uh, was found to have been promoting multiplayer horror game Dead Realm on his channel without declaring his financial ties to the game. Uh, Well, the game's publisher, Three Black Dot. Uh, which was founded with the help of Castle and a few other video game makers. 
So, like, he, this guy knows what he's doing, so, to a point anyway. He's obviously young and has come up, you know, in the streaming world fast, just like it, it does happen like that. Um, but it feels like he's stepped in the wrong direction and really hasn't done anything about it. He hasn't done anything to rectify the situation. Yeah, it's one of these things where, you know, this person, uh, Trevor Martin, said he started six years ago. You know, who knew that six years ago this could be a job, effectively? Nobody. Well, you know, very few. Media is redefining itself and changing all over the place, but there are sort of, you know, regulations and and rules that are sort of like starting to guide the way that people can make money off media and and who they're influencing and stuff. If you're in Australia, for example, if you have a YouTube channel, you know, there's pretty strict advertising guidelines that apply to anyone who's online. Especially with this thing called native marketing or native advertising, which is this was basically they're having and they haven't properly declared it. You know, if you're doing any of this sort of native advertising, you have to sort of provide customers with a prominently sort of visible cues to show that it is an ad, um, with you know logos and branding and acknowledge it and stuff. Very similar to what happens you know. on community radio. They say that there's a uh, you know this is a community sponsorship and all of this sort of thing. There and, just there just needs to be transparency, I mm. think, and he has not had that. And I think the big factor as well, if, if you know, for example, if uh, Trevor Martin was in Australia, uh, you know, there are big restrictions uh, that are done by the Australian Association of National Advertisers, uh, which means that, and which is a voluntary code, but the Australian Communications and Media Authority has a enforces that voluntary code for, for people who are advertising. And there are big, the, the first points are on there. You have to make sure that if you've got any advertising to do with wagering or products or services to do with wagering and betting and gambling, that... It cannot be directed to minors, but people who are under the age of eighteen. Um, yeah, it's a, it's a it's a sketchy issue. It'd be interesting to see whether this sets up a legal precedent um, in the states. If uh, you know companies like Valve and stuff are now implicated in these particular issues, but people who are trying to make money off off these uh, you know younger streamers, it it does seem like Valve may need to account for some of this because at the end of the day, they own technically they own these. Oh, skins and a like, lot of a lot of this is on Valve. They've yeah. kind of just happily let this happen. Um, actually, uh, for a brief period, uh, users clicking through to the CS:GO Lotto from Steam were shown a warning that the site may engage in phishing, scamming, spamming, malware, and crap. However, Valve removed that warning completely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's yeah. It's, I guess once you take away that element, and we talked about this, Darcy Smith, who was at League of Geeks, talked a bit about this with the Twitch bits as well last week. Was that you're taking away that element of it actually being real money when it becomes like a skin, and it you know it becomes easy for people to lose a lot of money, and who obviously don't have the maturity to kind of deal with it. So yeah, look, uh, we said it's last time. It's uh, obviously something we're going to come back to because it will happen again in a mm. different uh, uh, aspect. But now let's uh, jump into our next topic and have a chat to John all about his brand new game. Visit us on pixelsift.com.au. So John Kane is a developer from the just-released uh, Killing Time at Lightspeed, which is a narrative adventure that exists on a futuristic but very familiar social media world. Now, John, can you tell me a little bit about your newly released game and um, what were some of the inspirations behind making it? Sure. Um, so in 2014, there was a game jam organized by Zoe Quinn called the Anthology Jam. And in the lead up to that was when the Ferguson riots were happening in the States and all of the news unfolding on that was happening through Twitter. And I was just sort of watching just huge amounts of people being hurt and upset and unable to do anything because I'm halfway around the world in Australia. And so... The anthology pops up and there's sort of 
wanting people to pitch ideas about you know science fiction and so I came up with this idea of well like how how can you explain that feeling of empathy but not being able to do anything about it and yeah I came up with the idea of that sort of uh, time dilation effect where you know if even saying something to a person like it's not going to get there for six months everything that you say or do is like it's already too late there's also, I guess there's also a factor yeah. of that even happening in social media these days. You, we often see this thing that where, where posts pop up again after many years and, and people jump in thinking it's new news mm. or a new post or a new update and people comment on that and there's this weird sort of, yeah, time it dilation. It happened to me just the other day. Um, I saw a post mm. of new Rick and Morty coming out, but it was season two. It yeah. was from like last year. <laughs> <laughs> like, damn. What do, you, what do you think is it is about you, this? I mean, you, Sorry, go on. I'll get this. Um well, uh, a friend of mine has a podcast as well, and so he will have a conversation on that podcast, and then I'll listen to it, and then want to start that conversation with him. Mm-hmm. But for him, that conversation was a week ago. Yeah, that's a big factor and, as well. Yeah. Well, when you got these interactions between the characters in there, and the way that you are sort of talking to people, there you've got a sort of a limited sort of interactions that you can have and you can say you can basically like the posts or you can do it you know short back and forth what do you think it is about the communication online that um you know we have these sort of interactions and you know there is this i guess you've obviously got the time delay in there as well what what do you what is it uh what do you think about uh social media interaction i i think twitter especially and facebook to a, a slightly lesser extent you you have there's, there's no, um, certainly there's no physicality to it. There, you can't just give someone a hug, but there's that like that thing of replying to someone with just oh hugs, and it, like it really doesn't get across any kind of emotional weight to it, and you're limited to very, very surface level interactions, and I think that that loses a lot of closeness but also that makes it really interesting well one of the things that you kind of explore within the game is this you know the use of technology and there's a uh, you know there's a divide between people uh, as part of this and exploring the way that you know technology is obviously bringing us together but also sort of keeping us apart in there is that something that uh, you know you think about when you're creating games like killing time light speed yeah um I mean, I, I work in the web industry, and so I sort of see, you know, you have a really huge divide between people who can, people who have, have access to all the new technology and have a new phone and have an Oculus and have an Xbox and, you know, then people who are on a, you know, a smartphone from a decade ago still. And the things that you have access to like really do divide people into separate categories and also you know having crappy internet <laughs> i think we're experiencing a bit of that divide right now yeah <laughs> oh did but, i drop out nah it's fine don't worry about it okay yeah but i think the the feeling of helplessness is really what got me like it got a real visceral reaction out of me like i just thought like these people are experiencing something back where i came from as the character, and you you literally can do nothing. And I, I guess, how did you almost, how did you write those particular scenarios? Well, um, 
I mean, a lot of it is just things that have happened in, you know, my day-to-day life, communicating with friends overseas. Um, you know, you, you see people start dating and or break up or have a shitty day or have a great day and, like, you know being also in the games industry, a lot of my friends are in other cities and Twitter is just where everybody is. You just see a lot more life play out that way. I really enjoyed the game. Um, very funny. Uh, a little bit dark and ominous at times. I was left feeling a really uneasy, I guess, afterwards, uh, like after I've seen like a really heavy kind of film. Um, do you, like, there's this kind of... Uh, you know, uh, a negative side of the whole futuristic tele- technology uh, in the game. Uh, is that something that you kind of, does that come from a personal kind of view or feeling of the way we're going? Um, I th- thought it was very interesting for someone that's obviously so uh, enthralled in technology to kind of produce something like this. Mm. Um, at the time, I was really down on it. Mm-hmm. Um, or at the time of the first anthology, like, I was really down on all social media and everything. Um, I, th- I think Twitter has a long way to go, especially in sort of handling people who are abusive. Um, and I mean, same with Facebook. But I think I'm having seen sort of what happened with Ferguson and um, sort of also just watching people get attacked through Twitter is very different to having also seen in Sydney, we had the um, uh, gunman who took hostages in the Lynn Cafe and a lot of the CBD was evacuated. And seeing how that played out on Twitter actually was sort of the reverse. Um, because, you know, on that day, like it was chaos. No one knew if trains were safe, no one knew if the Harbour Bridge was safe. and you know, people were just sort of volunteering their cars. Like, if you need to get a lift out of the city, come here and I'll take you home. And seeing that play out and seeing actually what can happen when people are in a position to help through social media gave me a lot more hope about it. I think I think the new version of the game is a lot more positive than than the original. I think that's one of the things, I guess, you know, you, when you're observing in the game these events as they're happening, you do see, the guess, the light and shade of, of social interactions. You know, a lot of the negative focus is obviously when people are getting, you know, barraged by people internationally. Yeah. We see there's quite a few stories of that happening in Australia. Um, and But then you do obviously see these, mm-hmm. these elements of humanity where people are actually coming together and, and, and joining up and, and following this sort of thread. So, yeah, it's, it's a very fascinating game. You can pick it up on, on Steam now. Yeah. Um, just came out yesterday. So if you get a chance to have a look at that, uh, try it out. Um, Dude, loved it. Super relatable and realistic. I think that's why I was so involved in it. Like, it, you know, and it affected me. Not yeah. in a bad way, but like it left me feeling uh, questionable, I guess. <laughs> it's interesting. You look at the videos of it and you think, oh, this just looks a bit like, you know, jumping on the internet. But it's amazing how quickly it you're just reels so in, quickly engrossed in, um, in the experience. And so. I love the game as well, like in the way that you can basically play it however you want. And you could really stretch it out to be a much, you know, a really long game or quite a short game, depending on how involved you wanted to be. Yeah, the, how much you investigate the news articles and it's like, um, yeah, so there's a lot of non-critical path reading in the game, like all the news articles and stuff 
Um, so, yeah, <laughs> how how much you dig into it is totally up to to you as a player. Yeah. Sorry, the mic dropped out for a second before I jumped in. Technology can sometimes bring you together, but sometimes it can drop out and then you lose 30 seconds of audio. Hey, he's still here. <laughs> he's still here. So let's just jump yeah. into our next topic now. Pixel Sim. It's not Pixel Sieve. It's Pixel Sift. Pixel Sim. All right, so yeah, video games have the ability to place the player in worlds far removed from the reality. These worlds can leave us with just as much of an impact as the player and that ah, as the players as any other <laughs> gameplay element. I'm having a good time today. Yeah, I've having a good one today. Oh. Mm. But we're not only transported to other worlds in game, we can also now take our games to different parts of the world and other environments. We're talking about, of course, all sorts of new games like the uh, recently released Pokemon Go incorporating it's kind of snuck under augmented the, reality. Snuck under the radar there. Did it? It's a, it's a bit of a sleeping <laughs> Pokemon Go. I, I don't know. Social networking has been telling me all about it. Yeah, so, yeah. all about it. Yeah. Well, that's something, of course, is, you know, we talk about this technology that allows people to to play this game. But of course, it's something that is reliant on uh, you having, you know, an up to date phone. And yeah. there are people who out there who we all, all know, obviously, who are playing this game. But if you're not set up ready to go then that's an experience that you are going to be kind of shut out from. Pokemon I believe no. all Samsung Galaxy S3 users can't download the app. Oh, really? Which isn't that yeah. far away, you know? No, Maybe it's not. don't yeah. have it's a, good a phone. huge amount yeah. of cash. But yeah, this is an experience that obviously people are having this, you know, huge shared experience of running out there and, and you know, hopefully not running into traffic, but I'm sure that's going to be the next story that we do is people not paying attention oh. to the thing, trying to catch a Zubat mm. and um, getting <laughs> into this experience. You know, this is sort of something that we probably wouldn't usually have you know much to say if we talked about this 10 years ago vast majority of people would have been playing games uh, maybe on a game boy if that's the most you know portable thing you probably have um or on a console sitting at a couch or uh playing at a computer and we've now got these sort of environments where you can you know jump into a game world uh say with something like an oculus rift or a vive but mm-hmm. you can also then walk around in that world as well for, with the vive for example where you can enjoy and experience 3d space as part of this this uh game game experience i think yeah well at the end of the day i think people just want more ways to interact with the games they like and whether that game comes out at you and like interacts with the real environment or you jump into it i think people are just looking for more of that yeah, I, 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 I'd like the idea of different formats of games, you know, reaching different people. And, um, you know, like, like you said, you know, some people are going to like the consoles and some people are going to like the mobile games. Some people are going to like VR, but some people aren't. Um, yeah, I don't know. I just really like the options, I guess, that we've got in this futuristic gaming world that we live in. I think that, yeah, yeah. The, the interesting thing about this is that, yeah, there is that, um, you know, the aspect we've got so many different ways to tell different stories and, and different experiences. You know, if you take, but for example, like... Games are stories. You know, yeah, yeah, and that's that's especially the same as doing, you know, journalism. You want to hear about people's experiences and, you know, have something that's relatable and, and sort of makes you think. You know, you can take a game like, uh, you know, one of the Oculus Rift games that you are, you know, playing in a completely 3D immersive world, but you can have just an immersive experience with something like Killing Time at Lightspeed, which which is effectively sort of a web browser um, and you're kind of looking at social media as you would as any social media that we have today and there's still a very human story that's being told in those sort of environments. Yeah, I know augmented reality games uh, aren't new but I think this Pokemon Go has kind of set a new precedent. I've never seen something kind of like this blow up as quickly uh, and be as accessible and who knows if it's got the legs. Yeah, sorry, John, go for it. 
Sorry, I think the fact that it's it's Pokemon has like really just made it taken off, make it, made it take off in the first day. There are different. I mean, like the Pokemon philosophy has always been bringing people together, and that's one of the reasons why Pokemon has never really been available. Well, the main Pokemon titles, anyway, have never really been available on console or any grounded hardware. It's because the Game Freak has come out on multiple occasions and said, "Look, these games are designed to bring people and make people interact with each other." In real in real time, and they begrudgingly put um, internet capabilities in the games over the past couple of years. But at the end of the day, it's still rec- they are on handheld systems, and this Pokemon Go is another example of it. But a lot of my favorite games at the moment, and I, I'm sure this is the same with everybody. Like I, I've got to the point now where I've, I'm so involved in multiplayer, uh, especially online games, that I almost can't disconnect anymore. And it's something about that social aspect. Not even if like a lot of obviously I've got my friends and my group of people that I kind of play with, um, but you know it's not even necessarily about that the social aspect of knowing people you know directly. It's just the fact that you're out there with you know just people in general. There's something good about that, you know. It's and there's the factor as well that you're telling a story to people about your experience, and it is you you're know, involved in, together in creating a story. Yeah, right? and sharing that with other people is really it's sort of fascinating. So of course, you know, we talked about Pokemon being the sort of the key factor as to why this has sort of hit its um, you know apex at the moment, and everyone's going. It's only been out for a day, um, but you know, it's kind of hit this point where it's really very popular. But you know, the the core concept of it was available in uh, Niantic's previous game, which was Ingress, which mm-hmm. was still, you know, overlaying a game world across the real world and enjoying this sort of environment. So. Some kind of combination between um, all, all of the f- formats of games, I feel like it's going to bring some kind of new um, realm or idea of virtual reality mixed with augmented whatever. And I think we're going to see a whole new kind of revolution of types of games and like, you know, meets... So let's say, I don't know if this will work for all your... Oh, laser tag, I guess we'll call it. I was yeah. going to call it QZR or something, but well, we have locally here. <laughs> a laser tag, yeah. Yeah, you know, laser tag meets, uh, you know, VR type thing. I think that's, you know, that's the next one I want to see. I know it does exist, but not in the kind of accessible uh, level that I'd like it to be. I think it, yeah. Um, yeah, one of the things I want to see, have either any of you guys played um, a game called Subterfuge or Neptune's Pride? No. Could you tell us a little bit okay. about that one? Yeah. So they're, they're games that play out in real time. I think uh, Neptune's Pride can play out over a month at least. Uh, Neptune's uh, sub, Subterfuge is like limited to two weeks, but the entire game plays out in real time. So if you send you know, a, a submarine to attack one of your friends, that happens you know, 20 hours after you've you've made that command i think games like that where it's taking into account not just real world space but time as well that's where it's going to get really interesting yeah that is really interesting actually because um, i mean games are especially at the moment all about immersion but where you're mm-hmm. making a command that's not going to happen until you know real time stuff as if it would happen in real life that's really amazing it stretches it out to kind of be not just part of your life, but, you know, actually a main focus of it almost. Well, think about this as well. You know, you couldn't have a game like that 
where people are actually playing against each other over real time if we didn't have access to technology which allowed us to do that. You know, it's not like you can play a game with your friend on the couch and then have a turn and come back in 20 hours' time. That's probably not going to happen. So, you know, games like this couldn't even exist if we didn't have this sort of... You know, Co- correct me if I'm wrong. This happened in history. People used to play chess over mail. I people think used yes. to do this? Yeah, they still do it. in yes. if You, if you yeah. can get the local rag around where the crosswords and stuff are. There's right. some kind of uh, chess-related thing there where like, you know, they give you something to solve and you have to like write yeah. in to like, no, try I'm, I'm, I think I'm referring to like... Yeah, like yeah no, I know what you're talking about. Board, board. Yeah. Actual and games then, of chess. Yeah. yeah. What, like mailing the chessboard? No, <laughs> no, as in like... <laughs> it's mailing not to your E5 moves. and yeah, things yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, there's um, you know, that sort of thing is, I guess, you know, very lo-fi multiplayer where you can have these experiences with people. And these things all started somewhere. Well, like we said earlier, I mean, I've said a hundred times, there is no original idea. It all is <laughs> based on something else that you've heard or read somewhere. Paraphrased. That's right. Now, look, that's uh, all we've had uh, time for today, basically. So thank you very much for joining us on this episode of Pixel Sift and sticking with some of the uh, the audio issues we've had. John, thank you. It's been a pleasure. Um, we recommend that's everyone right. go and check out uh, Killing Time at Lightspeed. We didn't get a chance to even talk about your Australian Game uh, Developers Award winning uh, Mallow Drops either, which is another interesting uh, puzzle game that's coming out from Gritfish very soon. Uh, That's right. You can have me back on to talk about that one. Very happy to. We'll definitely have to take you up on the offer. Uh, Now, if you want to check out some more information, including links to all of those games and information, um, you can go to our website, which is www.pixelsift.com.au. And Scott, we're on social media, aren't we? Yeah, yeah. Find us at facebook.com forward slash pixelsift, twitter.com forward slash pixelsift, twitch.tv forward slash pixelsift, and youtube.com forward slash pixelsiftau. That's right. And Mitch, for previous episodes. Yeah, so you can go to our website to stream the episodes or subscribe to the podcast through the iTunes Pocket Casts or using the RSS link on our page. And yeah. If you're on video as well, if you're a video fiend, <laughs> then you can check us out on YouTube as well. We're on Twitch as well. However you'd like to listen or view, all the we're all on there. Uh, thank you again, John, for joining us uh, for this episode of Pixel List. We'll have to get you definitely back on um, in a future episode. Awesome. Thanks for having me. No problem. All. Thank you very much. This has been episode 38 of Pixel yep, Sift. We're out. See you, mate. If you're in the market for a super addictive puzzle game, you have to check out Mini Motorways on Apple Arcade. It's a city planning strategy puzzler with an incredibly satisfying gameplay loop. Enjoy unlimited access to over 200 incredibly fun games with no ads and no in-app purchases. From puzzle and adventure games to sports, racing and multiplayer action games, everyone can count on finding something to love. Head to sifter.com.au slash arcade to start your free trial of Apple Arcade today. That's sifter.com.au slash arcade for a free one-month trial of Apple Arcade, and you'll be supporting independent video games journalism. New subscribers only, $9.99 a month after free trial. Plan automatically renews after trial until cancelled.